Welcome to Trending in Education. Mike Palmer here. Really excited today to follow up with someone I met IRL in real life. It was very exciting. It was a few weeks ago at South by Southwest EDU. I have Matt Riley back on in the Zoomiverse. It's where we all feel comfortable <laughs> these days, Mike. <laughs> exactly. I have Matt Riley with me. Matt is the co-founder and CEO of a company called Blueprint, who began as test preparation and is now extending into a lot of different dimensions of medical education. We're going to talk about a lot of the interesting work that Matt and team have been doing. But before we do any of that, now I am formally welcoming you, Matt. Matt, welcome to Trending in Education. Thank you for having me, Mike. We did meet in real life on a cold, dreary day in Austin. So hopefully we'll uh, meet in sunnier circumstances next time. But we also have many common acquaintances from past lives. So I think we, we had a good conversation about test prep and basketball, which Absolutely. I think is always a combo that goes really well together. Yeah, that, I already have a new podcast idea right there. So you've already demonstrated your value in the conversation and we barely started. We always begin by asking our guests for their origin story. What got you to this point in your professional life? You just touched on test prep, which is part of my origin story as well. However you care to spin the yarn, Matt, let us know how you got to this point in your career. Sure. How much time do we have? <laughs> yeah, I'd love to give the story of Blueprint because it has certainly been a interesting journey over the years. I started Blueprint with my co-founder back in 2005 as a wee lad fresh out of undergrad at UCLA. Go Bruins. Really? Go Bruins. And I did not have much to my name except a very good LSAT score and some teaching abilities. I put those two together and we started an LSAT test prep company back in, that was 2005. So we were before the days of online education. It sounds very quaint these days, but we grew up as a in-person LSAT test prep company. Students used to come to these places called classrooms to learn things and listen to someone live and in person. I know that sounds crazy to some of the younger generation, but that's how we did things. And through those early years, we really got firsthand knowledge and experience with what type of learning experiences would drive better results for our students. The initial idea behind Blueprint was what we called edutainment. And it was really the idea that you could take what is traditionally viewed as a really frightening, intimidating, terrible process. No one, this might strike you as surprising, but no one looks forward to standardized test preparation. Yeah. No one's like, I can't wait for that stage of life, specifically when you're talking about grad school and some of these really challenging exams. And so what we did is we made it fun for students. As silly as that sounds, we would infuse a lot of personality, humor, pop culture references, anything that we could do in class to keep people awake and paying attention. Yeah. And that was a means to an end. And we were able to drive really great results for our students students in those early years. Yeah. Now, obviously the company has evolved a lot and I'll skip some of those early years, but I'd say from about 2010 until today, the challenge that we've taken on is how do you bottle up that same experience that we first did in the classroom and translate it to a digital learning environment? Mm -hmm. Our first stabs at doing that were really through high quality video production. We had the benefit of being in Los Angeles, where there are huge numbers of talented, creative folks who were willing to work with us and teach us how to uh, make some really high quality video lectures. And then we built some software around the outsides of it. 
And the platform became our main priority. And we started adding some pretty innovative learning tools that students were responding to. And I like to tell the story from about 2011, 2012 timeframe. This will again sound surprising to folks, but in the early days of online education, there was a lot of doubts about the efficacy of the medium. Yep. Like taking an online course was very much seen as a inferior alternative to learning in the classroom. Although, although just to be clear, as an e-learning OG, the future is here now, William Gibson. It's just not even evenly distributed. You know, there were pockets, there were elements of online learning that were thriving back in the day. But your characterization of the perception, I think is fair. Please proceed. No, that's a good point. And we were one of those pockets because mm -hmm. what we found was with our population of students, right? We're in that like early twenties age range. The students that we work with tend to be very motivated, yeah. intelligent, driven. There's a lot on the line. They're paying for a service and they're as paying well. for an expensive service. There's a big reward at the other end. Yeah. So it's really the perfect recipe for controlling for some of those motivational factors. And so what we found was in our early online courses, our students were actually doing as well, if not better than the students in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And that was our big aha moment where we said, well, this is the future. Let's put all of our time and resources there. So we really built out our platform over those years, but still focused on the pre-law market. Mm -hmm. um, our expansion into medical education started in 2018. Um, and we partnered up with another test prep company that had really become popular among MCAT pre-med students. And the way I would characterize that company at the time is they had really great content, but hadn't focused as much on the delivery and the student experience. Yep. And those were the things that we had been good at. So we said, well, what if we took that content and put it through some of our systems to create an even better student experience. And we did that. It took a little while because we had to figure out how to take really dense science content. We're talking about organic chemistry and yeah. biology and all of those things and say, how do we bring this to life for students in the same way? But we committed to it and we made an MCAT course that dare I say is also fun. Wow. Um, and it turns yeah. out, here's a weird thing, pre-meds like to have fun just like everyone else and they right. like to enjoy and get engaged and have fun while they're learning things. Cindy Lauper was right. It just applies to more than just girls. We should re we might think about re-recording that song. <laughs> I, I think that could come out really well. And so that really sparked our growth in the pre-med market. And now I'd say we're definitely the fastest growing. I mean, the student responses, the reaction, it's just been really amazing. Mm -hmm. And once we kind of established ourselves in that pre-med vertical, our goal was to expand past traditional test prep. Um, in my view, the way that the traditional education system and test prep is integrated, it's really disjointed. Yep. Students all, all, very often don't have clear direction or guidance about what they should use when, how things work well together. And so our goal is to kind of fix that and actually create a a cohesive journey for our learners all the way from undergrad through not just reaching their career goals, but also becoming successful in those careers and giving them better training and education to support their career success and their health and well-being through that yeah. whole process, which I know is an ambitious goal, but that's our vision and what we want to do in the future. Mm -hmm. And so the way that we've done that is we've really leaned into medical education and supporting our learners with different products and services and resources through that whole career path. And mm -hmm. I don't have to tell you, like becoming a doctor is very challenging. Yeah. Not just when you take the MCAT, but 
licensing exams, rotations, shelf exams, getting into residency, succeeding in residency, passing your boards. And then, oh, by the way, now you're dumped into a hospital and you need to become a thriving physician with all that comes along with that. Right, right. We've really taken on that challenge and both through some of our organic efforts, but also through some really impactful partnerships with other med ed companies, we're now able to service our learners through that whole journey. Yeah. Um, And it's been a pretty incredible ride putting that all together together and it requires a team that's really committed and understands the journey and is empathetic to what students need at the different points, but also a platform Mm -hmm. that can learn about students at every step and get smarter and be able to feed them content, resources, services in a really smart way. Because as you can imagine, the needs of a pre-med versus somebody in med school versus somebody in residency are just wildly different. And in the new world, right, meeting students where they are and making sure that it fits into their life and all the demands on their time, all of that's been really front of mind for us, which is fun. And through that, we're now actually doing medical training more broadly. We work a lot with PAs. We work with NPs. I break down initialisms. PAs are physicians <laughs> assistants. And then uh, what was the second one? NPs. Nurse practitioners. Exactly. You passed. Exactly. You passed. My, that's my first pop quiz for you. Yes, I have been learning a lot myself. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't get me started on all of the certification bodies and oh the testing goodness. organizations. Yeah. There are more acronyms than I like to admit. But we're really excited about it. We think that the future is a world where we really support. I think that the the world of test prep and training is really blending together because a lot of the core principles of test prep apply to anything that you need to learn in life. It's all outcome-based, efficiency-based, and those are a lot of the trends behind lifelong learning and these kind of the new world of professional training and continuing ed, which used to be pamphlets in the mail. And now it's like, how can we really support our learners even when they get there to make sure that people are really taking education and taking learning as a lifelong pursuit as compared to just something that gets you through your certification and then you're on your own. Yeah, and the disjointedness that you're talking about is something I've thought about a lot, not just within test prep, also across silos. If you look at K-12 to to higher ed, to workforce development, lifelong learning, frequently those things are pocketed and there's not a lot of insight across, which is why I could imagine building out that platform and then keeping those touch points across the professional lifespan of a doctor or a, a lawyer or another professional you could understand those transition points better. And frequently that's where folks need the most help is where if the handoff isn't smooth because the silos are silos, you can feel a little bit lost. So I understand the strategy. It all makes sense. The backstory telling was spot on. And then it's 2020 and the pandemic happened and you're dipping your toes in the waters of medical education. Can you talk a little more about what it's been like in this period, and then focusing maybe a little bit more on medical education, which we've all most likely been rethinking and re-examining how we engage with healthcare just generally, how we think about public health in light of the pandemic. And then that's as a non-doctor, if you're someone who is in a medical profession, in a healthcare profession, beyond, you know, thank you for your service, and hopefully you're, you're navigating the burnout. What's it been like for you entering into this market and trying to respond and design for these folks who are going through some real difficult times? 
it's really kind of reinvigorated us about our mission and what we're able to do to support learners through the journey. First, I'll just say to reiterate the point you made in the traditional education, test prep, grad school, professional training market, it's a lot of starting over. And that's what we're trying to fix. It's, you know, you go through undergrad, you forget everything, then you start over so you can cram for this test. And then it's time to start grad school, you start over learning again. And then it's time to get certified, you've forgotten everything, so now you start over again. And that fundamentally is what we're trying to fix. And you can do that through making sure that students kind of, you're building what we think of as almost, it's, a, it's analogous to a digital health profile. If you think about what your doctor can see, there's a longitudinal way that they can look at how you've done over the years, medications that you've used, everything else. Well, think of your education in the same way, right? Having a hub where everything is stored and where there's data available that makes the process more efficient at each subsequent step is the eventual goal. So in terms of COVID, the online education ecosystem, it has certainly accelerated a lot of progress and that's been exciting. And that's been felt really, I would say across the whole ed tech community, there's so much exciting innovation happening in a lot of different areas. So it's been a really fun time. Like a lot of areas of the world, I like to think that it, it didn't dramatically shift where the industry was going, but it certainly accelerated things. We probably had a decade of progress in the span mm -hmm. of 18 months, mm -hmm. um, which was, a, I would say, kind of a healthy shock to the system. One of my fears on a big level is that traditional education systems will ignore some of the things that happened during COVID and just snap back to how we were doing things before. Yep. We're seeing that a little bit. And instead of leaning in and taking advantage of the opportunities that hybrid learning and online education platforms can give to students, you know, they're it's hard to break from those models because they make a lot of money at yeah. the end of the day. And I'm not saying not questioning motives, but just like really being kind of forward thinking and innovative with where we're going. On the healthcare side, as we've leaned into medical education, I've learned more about the healthcare um, system in this country. There's a lot of really troubling trends and COVID really exacerbated a lot of the problems. In a way, there was a real positive that came out of COVID, which was the idea that in the middle of a global pandemic, People saw healthcare workers going in to hospitals in the middle of nightmarish conditions and helping people. And at the end of the day, saving lives, risking their own lives, like really doing heroic work. So healthcare heroes, I think it put that in a spotlight and that is long overdue. That has, we've seen another kind of positive is that we've seen a huge uptick in interest. So the number of people applying to med school, applying to PA school, the number of people getting into nursing, all of those numbers are increasing, mm -hmm. which is great. Now there are some like supply and demand issues there that need to be resolved because, and I'll flip to the other side, there's a real crisis in healthcare in our country and it's getting worse. And the pandemic accelerated some of the negative trends. We do not have enough advanced practice practitioners out there, meaning doctors, PAs, NPs, and nurses to service the healthcare needs of our country, generally, let alone during a pandemic. So what was happening is you have people holding up signs, people saying, thank you to our healthcare heroes, all of that stuff. That's great. But then healthcare workers go into the hospital, go into the medical settings, and they're working under terrible conditions. They're understaffed, they're overworked. So there's all these trends around burnout, people yeah. leaving the profession, which is just making the crisis worse. Mm -hmm. So that's been the part that we've really taken to heart. And as a medical education and training company, 
we are incredibly excited and proud and passionate of the idea that we can help fix that. We can actually help give people better training and education so that when they get there, they avoid some of these symptoms of burnout and we can hopefully lessen the amount of people leaving the profession. Our fundamental theory, and I believe this to my core, is that when you want people to feel successful in their career of choice, that relies on really good education and training. And again, not something that just gets them there, but something that supports them when they are there. People want to learn, people want to grow, they want to improve, they want to feel that self-satisfaction that comes from it. And the other piece to it is community. If you feel alone, if you're in a hospital and you don't feel like you have a community of people that you can talk to, that you can empathize with, that understand what you're going through, it can be this really lonely experience. You can imagine people, especially during emergency times like we've been through, you know, you can't blame people for saying, I'm out of here. And so what we're trying to do is continue with our learners and say, we've gotten you here. We're going to continue to support your journey through your career challenge you to take learning seriously, to continue to upskill so that you can show up at your job feeling good about what you're doing every day and then build community around it. Because when people know that other people are going through the same things, we really think that that can be impactful on improving job satisfaction for these people who we now see are healthcare heroes, but let's treat them like heroes and support them in all the ways that we possibly can. That makes sense. It reminds me of a, a, a signature move that I make on the show. I get social emotional baby. There you go. <laughs> Shout out Whitney Houston down too soon, but I've been talking about that since we started back in 2016. And that is a massive trend, even beyond a trend. It's almost like a mindset shift that has happened where if you're not empathetic, you're on the wrong side of professional growth and, you know, advancement and, and really, you know, fulfillment within your career. And that's why I do think the continuity of care that you're describing, you know, it's almost reminiscent of a primary care physician or nurse practitioner who, who knows you, knows your, the family doctor who actually knows where you are, not just in this particular hurdle, but more in your full life mm -hmm. and then tries to be curatorial, which is another area that I wanted to get into with you as well, which is, you know, a guide who isn't necessarily trying to sell you on their own things, but also as someone who can take a step back, look at things somewhat impartially. The increased focus and the trends around lifelong learning, the reskilling and upskilling of the workforce, all of those things are great, but they're very much focused on people who want to learn new things. If I want to get a new career, if I want to go be a data analyst, right, there's a million resources out there for me to have a career pivot and go try something new. What there hasn't been enough focus on is exactly what you're talking about, which is supporting people who are pursuing these high stakes careers and giving them professional preparation through the journey to get there and once once they arrive. And what that requires is that vertical orientation that you're talking about. It's this idea that at each step, 
we have data about thousands of students who have been through this same process. So it's not just that we can feed you content that will help you learn the things that you need to know. It's that we can actually anticipate and be more predictive about the challenges, the obstacles, what career paths might actually be the most successful for you in the future. Because as you can imagine, these students have profiles where you can draw some connections and look at people who might be successful in one specialty versus another. And again, that can have the impact of increasing satisfaction once you get there. Mm -hmm. Now, the other piece that you're talking about is in the traditional system, test prep, and I would broaden it to kind of ed tech generally, supplemental resources and everything else. It is very much a walled garden. Mm -hmm. It is the old school system of it's us versus them. Use our stuff or use their stuff. And if you use their stuff, we don't want to talk to you. I think that is outdated. It's not the future. One of the great things that the internet has done over the past decade is it's led to this massive proliferation of amazing content and resources. Like the type of stuff you can use to learn now is so cool and exciting that none of this existed. Trust me, I was doing it 10 years ago, right? 10 years ago, it was like a, a grainy video shot by some guy against his wall in a yeah. Like it was bad. And yeah. now you look at the stuff that's out there. It's really amazing. Mm -hmm. Here's the bad part about that. It's totally overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So if you're a student and you're thinking like, I need to learn this new skill. I want to make sure that I'm using the best resources to get through this part of my journey. You, if you do a Google search, how do you know what's good, what's bad, what actually produces results for students, let alone, can I use these things together or in combination with each other? So what we are doing is we actually form content partnerships. So we go out there and we say, look, you have this resource for students at a particular part of the journey. We think it's very high quality and it's complementary to the stuff that we do for students. So I'm not going to tell people not to use it. They're going to buy multiple resources. Students have incredibly high standards. They're going to put together their own package. They're going to do some DIY shopping and say, I want to use this and this other thing. So we don't want to fight that urge, but rather what we want to help students do is say, we're going to aggregate the stuff that we can stand behind and say, these companies, these resources are really high quality because we've looked at all of them. And then we're going to go an extra step and, and say, here's how you can use them together really effectively. And we tie it all together on our study plans so that we actually are forming integrations with some of our other content partners to say, okay, you're studying for your licensing exams. You can use our practice exams and flashcards from another provider, video lectures from another provider. These are people that we work closely with and we're not gonna fight that, rather we're gonna lean into it. And again, make sure that your experience is more efficient as opposed to you know the old world of a student waking up every day and they're like, I just bought, I just paid a thousand dollars for all these different resources. And every morning I'm just guessing what I should be doing in what order, or I'm jotting down something on paper to say, I'm gonna do this today and that tomorrow. Right. We're trying to kind of fix that pain point as well. Yeah. Uh, Cause we think that the momentum behind all the great resources is great. It's just, we have to kind of fix it for students. Makes I sense. sometimes make the analogy. You'll appreciate this. Everyone in the world now subscribes to like 18 streaming services. I turn on the TV now. I have no idea how to watch anything. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I want to watch a show, but I don't know Netflix or Hulu or Disney or any of the rest of them. Mm -hmm. And so what we're trying to do is react to that and say, let's pull it all together and make a search engine that makes that whole ecosystem easier to navigate. It reminds me of what a tutor frequently does. And a lot of the conversations around educational technology is, 
how far can it advance to make our tutors better cyborgs effectively, you know, or can you create a personalized AI powered rules-based adaptive engine that can be your virtual tutor? You know, chatbots are getting uh, a little getting more smarter. mature. Yeah. They're, they're nice. They're companions. They're not uh, rivals just yet. Although it depends on, on who you're talking to. Lots to talk about there, but rather than to go there, I'm, I'm curious about some of the new work you're doing around emergency medicine. I know there's something hot off the presses. You talked a little bit about some of the healthcare crises. Our listeners may not be as close to what's happening right now within medical education, but focusing on emergency medicine and try to provide that lifelong support, continuing medical education and focusing on them in particular is something that really I was just reading about. Can you catch our listeners up on what's going on there? Yes, definitely. Very excited about this. We recently, a few months ago, launched a new product line for us. We partnered back in the fall with a company called Roche Review, which was started by an emergency medicine physician named Adam Roche, a company that has an incredibly strong reputation in clinical medical education. So think of this as the really hard stuff. So we have physicians putting out content every month for learners and all kinds of different specialties that helps them through residency and passing their boards to uh, get certified as physicians. So when we looked at these same problems that we've been talking about, what we wanted to do was come up with a solution that supports our learners as they enter the profession, but in a really holistic way, right? If you're a physician and you just want to satisfy your CME requirements, continuing medical education, there's a million options for those. There's plenty of pharmaceutical companies that will help you do that. So you have to do a certain number of hours, get a certain number of credits to maintain your certification, like a lot of professions. And there's tons of options for that. But generally, the options prioritize ease of use, or sometimes they're paid for by the pharmaceutical companies to get ingratiated with physicians, you might say. Neither of which supports what doctors actually need. Mm -hmm. They want to stay up to date on the latest trends. They also want people to help them through this really hard life transition. These people have been through medical school, four years of medical school, three or four years of residency. That is incredibly challenging, the time commitments, you have to sacrifice a lot of things in your life to get through that process. And now all of a sudden you're certified to be a physician, you're walking into the hospital. So in the same way, we want to support these people through that stage of the journey to make them successful. So we put together a subscription-based product that pushes out new content to emergency physicians every month. And what that content focuses on is we'll get you your continuing ed credits. We'll do that because, you know, you have to check the box, but we lump so much more content into that. We teach you how to be successful in a hospital setting, how to deal with insurance, billing, and coding, yeah. and these things that can really impact your career, even though they seem kind of mundane, let's give people better training for that. On top of that, we actually lump in a lot of things related to general health and well-being. We'll do everything from exercise yeah. to a diet, to healthy sleep habits, to any, any yoga. Yeah. I was waiting for that. Yeah. Everything in between. And yeah. we really encourage people to learn about this stuff because that is what we view as the holistic way to help people be successful in their careers. You can't 
just say like, oh, you're just going to learn the medical content and ignore everything else. So we really want to be their partner and help them prepare for success in these careers. So it's a really differentiated offering. We're going to be introducing it in a bunch of different specialties and on the PA and NP side soon. Mm -hmm. And we really do believe that as this uh, gets out into the ecosystem and this new model of professional prep of continuing education, but a really, a really effective purpose-driven version of it. We think that can have the impact of lessening the burnout and the turnover that we're seeing in those professions over time. So that is one of our just primary areas of focus right now. Yeah. So I did touch on some of the emerging technology that's out there. We do like to put on our imaginary hollow lenses. What's out there that's capturing your imagination these days? Lots. It's been a busy couple of years. Your AI chatbots are one of them for yeah. me. We do very white glove service with our students. We have a lot of human intervention in their success and their progress. Parts of that we've already automated, but we're really trying to stay ahead of the curve where you can combine. In my world, having that, and maybe this is because I'm old school, I was a teacher, but I think human touch at yeah. some point is really important. But I also think there's parts of the process that you can automate where you can work at prod students, give them gentle reminders, messaging that does increase engagement, keeps them positively engaged with some of these really challenging academic tasks. But then you also need human interaction at some point. We're watching really closely. I mean, in medical education, the world of AR, VR, and simulation is incredibly exciting. Yeah. There's a few VR companies that are doing the clinical side and actually have created simulations for surgical procedures and things like that. Last year, I sat through a panel on the future of medical education. That was a big trend moving away from these gargantuan simulation labs that they have at med schools and really yeah. putting it on a more personalized basis where people can walk through and do those on a more regular basis. So that I think is the future of kind of medical education and training, a core component of it. Yeah. I will tell you one of the things that we're working on, which I think is exciting and really the future of personalized learning. So I'll use a few buzzwords here. No acronyms. Though. I'll try to stay okay. away from So adaptive learning was all the rage for a number of years. Fundamentally, what adaptive learning does is it's backwards looking. So adaptive learning says, you've done this in the past. We're learning about you. So now we're going to react to that, right? So you've got something, you got a question right, I'm going to give you a harder question, or you've gotten this type of questions wrong. So we're going to give you more questions of that type to try to fix your weakness. What we are working on is we are working on AI driven predictive models that are forward looking. Mm. And what we're able to do right now, because we have had tens of thousands of students come through our system. So you learn, right? And the models get smarter and smarter. And when a new student starts with us, we can predict with nearly 90% accuracy, whether they will get any question in our whole database, right or wrong. Mm. So you can say, okay, here's Joe. He took a quick assessment. Now I can run a whole search through the database and I can say with very high accuracy what they're going to get right or wrong before they ever even look at a question. And you can imagine, right? You can tie that to user strengths and weaknesses, the historical results of the question, everything else. You have some, you have some precogs in the basement. How, how are you, how exactly are you doing? Yeah, we keep them locked up, throw them some snacks every once in a while. Here's the fun part. And here's the challenge. Here's where the kind of human 
the education component mixes with the AI in a powerful way. Mm. Say I can tell you, Mike, here's the questions you're going to get right. Here's the questions you're going to get wrong. How do we use that information to drive better outcomes for that student? How do we increase mastery of a certain content area? Because mm. you might say, oh, well, you just give all the questions that they're going to get wrong so they can learn from those. But if I do that, people are going to stop studying because they're getting everything wrong. They're going to like go pour themselves a glass of wine and start looking into a new career path. That's not what we want. What we want is we want to mix the efficiency of the learning while driving more engagement. So what we're doing right now with those models is we're playing with how do you modulate the difficulty in a way that actually keeps people motivated? Is it that if you get two questions wrong, then we have to give you an easy one that we know you're going to get right to keep you feeling good, right? Do you need that kind of like positive reinforcement once in a while? Right. Or do you keep things kind of in the moderate difficulty level? Does that increase outcomes in the long run? So yeah. I think there's all kinds of, it's this move towards efficiency-based learning and how do we take all of the data and the models that we're putting together to, at the end of the day, keep people engaged so that they can drive mastery and we drive outcomes in the long run. Mm -hmm. So in our platform, that's what I'm most excited about. And then obviously medical education broadly, there's just been so much innovation. If folks are curious about anything we just talked about, where should they go? You can go to our websites. We're currently under the two brands, blueprintprep.com and roshreview.com. Put those together and you get the whole journey of medical education. We're getting close to conclusion here, Matt. It's been a wonderful conversation. Any other thoughts, any other comments, concluding remarks? I will leave you with one thing I'm excited about. There's the big ed tech conference next week, and I am actually going to a session to meet an AI chatbot in person Wow! Uh, to have a conversation with him or her. I'm not quite sure yet, Yeah. Uh, but I'm excited to see how that goes. Thank you for having me on. It's been an exciting time. If I can say anything to the audience, it's really think about supporting people who are pursuing these high stakes careers. It's not easy. It's not always glamorous, but people who work in the legal field, the medical field really impact social change in a positive way. And any more thought and effort we can put towards making those people, giving them the training, the support, the resources, the community to be successful will have an amazing impact on society overall. Awesome. I'm curious, maybe we'll get a quick follow-up on what an in real life meeting with a chatbot is like, that is intriguing. You got my wheels turning, but Matt Riley, the co-founder and CEO of Blueprint Education, Blueprint Test Prep. Thank you so much for joining Matt. Thank you for having me, Mike. And for our listeners, hopefully you enjoyed what you're hearing. If you did, please write us a review, subscribe, do all the good things. We'll be back again soon. This is Trending in Education.